Welcome to the Calming Ground Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Minton, psychotherapist and mindfulness coach. This podcast is designed to offer you inspiration, wisdom, and actionable steps to support you to nurture your inner light. I thoroughly enjoyed interviewing Jessica Sutton, a health and life coach who specializes in helping people reconnect to their vitality and manage burnout, stress, overwhelm, and anxiety. In this interview, Jessica talks about her holistic approach to empowering her clients to make changes to improve their lifestyles in ways that are uniquely adapted to them. Jessica also shares her journey from being in corporate finance to experiencing burnout in her own path, and then finding her way back to what actually brings her energy, joy, and vitality in her own life. A key takeaway that Jessica offers is to look for the areas of misalignment in your life. And if we are able to hone in on these areas of misalignment and find ways to have more space for ourselves in our lives that we will heal our burnout and our stress and find our way back to an energy-filled life. I hope you enjoy this interview. Thank you for joining me. Okay, so I'm really happy to talk to you today. I'm happy that we could create this space And I typically start my interviews with the same question every time, just because I think it's so interesting to hear about people's journeys. And so I'm curious about your journey. I think so often we end up in this space of helping other people find peace, find vitality, right? That because of our own journey of finding peace and vitality. So I'm curious if you would speak a little bit to what is it that you do today and what is your journey in arriving here? So I um, worked for around a decade in corporate finance in the banking and capital market sector. I was diagnosed in 2015 with professional burnout and It was something that really hit me at every level. It affected every single aspect of my life. You know, it was a real low point, a real low point in my life. And that really was what propelled me. I mean, I started a long, long journey of self-discovery, self-development, sort of a rediscovery. In terms of my physical health, that took a lot, a lot of time to to reestablish. And then after the physical health, there's all the other things, so you, the emotional health, the mental health, the spiritual health, but my physical health really suffered a lot. And through that, I guess, I experienced a lot of things in in that recovery process and in that burnout process that I just really didn't want anybody else to ever have to experience. So that's what, what brought me to where I am today, really. Um, and also the, the, the second sort of element of it is that having been so ill 
it makes you really reassess your life and what you're doing here and what your purpose is and you know why am I here on this earth when I looked at that I thought I don't want to be living the corporate life this is not you know this is not aligned with my values and this actually doesn't give me the freedom that I desire in terms of you know my dreams and my goals and the family life that I want to create so I started looking at alternative ways to be able to facilitate that and so now I am a health and life coach I specialize in burnout (laughs) really overwhelm stress anxiety and all things that are energy related Um, and I have a particular passion (laughs) for mental health um, especially in the workplace in the corporate workplace I feel that it's something that's really um, not given as much attention as it deserves that's the first part of it the second part so I'm also um, a women's circle facilitator and that came about because I am an expat so I am British but I live in France and all my coaching work is done online and I really felt a that there was a gap in my work in terms of connection and I was I was kind of seeking that connection and so that led me to circle for myself I found that that connection in circle um what I found really was a connection to myself before the connection to to the other women in circle and living in France I started to hear echoes of um other expats who we're in a similar situation really when you're in a, a foreign country the traditions are different the culture is different sometimes the language is different mentality is often quite different and so there are a lot of other people seeking that same connection and so that's what led me to then train as a facilitator and um turn that out what, what I gained from circle uh off of that to to other women okay so many questions that come up as I hear you. And and one question I have is when you speak to your the health piece, when you were talking about your burnout, your experience with burnout, is that stress-related, the the decline in health? Yeah, I think no, this is for me, like this is my personal experience. Yeah. I think my my decline in health was related to prolonged chronic stress. Yeah. And I actually, so I had my burnout, which, I mean, I was diagnosed with burnout. I was off work for a long time. I then went and did a staged return to work and was promoted and then was (laughs) written off work again with burnout. And I don't think that those, I don't think those, those were two separate burnouts. That was one incidents of burnout that hadn't had the chance that to heal like it hadn't had the what I didn't get what I needed to heal that burnout and that led to a very prolonged burnout and then I also developed actually two autoimmune conditions much later which I still have today but I manage um through through my lifestyle that I believe are as a knock-on effect of the effects of stress yeah So amazing how stress can impact so much in terms of both mental health and how emotionally, (laughs) mentally, how we're responding to ourselves in the world and then the the body, our bodies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really, one thing that um, really stands out for me because I've been doing a lot of work with the nervous system recently and there's the sort of fight and flight um, 
rest and, and digest, but there's the freeze and fawn state as well. And as I was sort of going through this, I had a real clear memory of one time where I was in work, I was in the office, I had my director ringing me to ask me a question about the financial statements of a client that we were auditing. He asked me this question and I knew the answer or I thought I knew the answer, but I just couldn't get the words out. Like I couldn't speak. I was literally frozen to the spot. And I could see I had there was another colleague in the room and I could see he was looking at me. He's like, what's you know, what's what's occurring? And um and I'd forgotten about that because, you know, the body has a good way of <laughs> of um of doing that so that you know to protect you. But yeah, it was really, really striking to me how how I was in total freeze and fawn as a stress response. I yes, I'm and I'm thinking about how even though we're not in humans, right? So much of the time, we're not in actual danger. There's not a threat. Our entire system responds like as though we are, right? A threat to our life, right? And just as you describe. And so there's that. Yeah, yeah. right. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why um, stress and burnout is more and more prevalent because we, as you said, we have our biology in terms, you know, we, we've not evolved Mm-hmm. biologically as as quickly as we have in terms of um technology so we have a lot more stresses yeah. than we ever did back in the in the days that we were cavemen and women um you know even just the lighting the bright lights computers crossing the road things that are our everyday experiences are stresses to our body <laughs> yes absolutely Yeah, I'm really appreciating what you're sharing around that it's all these other areas are evolving, but our nervous systems aren't. And so we're on overload. We can't adjust and adapt fast enough. So another question kind of to segue into how you found your, essentially, it sounds like your restorative or healing spaces in a way. You mentioned the circle. Can you speak a little bit more about what that is, the women's circle? Yeah. So. I love that you've asked this and I'm I'm happy to answer. And <laughs> I'll add that whenever anybody asks me this question, I always find it really hard to describe exactly what a circle is. I feel like it's one of those things that you have to experience to to really understand. But essentially, a circle is it's a gathering of women for women. And it's a really safe space in which women can be seen and heard, held really allowed to be vulnerable and circles have existed since the beginning of time you know this is the thing we're we're also living very isolated lives now we we often far away from family we're not living we're living in like sort of small family units now without the support that we used to get centuries ago but essentially circles of women have existed since the beginning of time and different people facilitate in different ways the way that I facilitate is that we always have a grounding meditation to bring everybody in, bring everybody's energy into the space. There's um, always some sort of thought-provoking question, so it's really a time for it's it's a time for introspection. It's a time to reflect, and through the sharing of those things, connection is created. So it's not really like a discussion 
in terms of, you know, this happened to me. Oh, yes, this happened to me. I can share that experience. It's more about self. And then through the sharing of that, that's where the, the connection is created. I was saying that I, how the structure is. I also always have a movement piece in my circles to move the energy through because oftentimes there's, you know, there can be some emotions or some emotions that have been blocked that get released. And so there's some sort of movement. And then there's always as well a part that is what we call a ritual um, or ceremony, but that can scare some people. It sounds uh, a bit witchy, (laughs) but really all it is, is um, just the anchoring in of whatever it is that we've worked through in a physical way. So the last circle that I did, for example, we were looking, we were doing some inner child work and we were looking at sort of the more positive qualities of of ourselves. And then I don't want to say negative, but for want of a better word, in inverted commas, negative characteristics of ourselves, we were kind of looking at how to accept those and integrate the two. And what that would do in terms of our future self, so the potential future self of that integration. The activity that we did for that was um, a plaiting activity, so the three threads integrating those three aspects of ourselves. Um, and then there's a physical bracelet or whatever you want to do with it, wrap it around a candle as a, um, a physical reminder of of the intention and the work that happened throughout the circle. So that's really all that ritual is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does yeah, that answer the question? Yes, that's beautiful. And I'm wondering if we connect this back to energy and vitality. So you're, you're in your process and as you watch and or witness, bear witness, facilitate other women moving through this process of reconnecting with their own vitality, reconnecting with their own energy source. I wonder if you can speak a little bit more to that circle. So you do this integration activity as an example. And then what do you notice happening in terms of your own, the integration, in terms of your energy? Does that make sense? My personal energy when I facilitate the circles? When you facilitate, when you went through it in your own experience, what happens? How does that enhance or replenish or restore your vitality? So for the for the circle specifically, the circle is so nourishing for me. It's just it is pure nourishment. And every time I hold a circle, I'm like, I can't believe this is like my medicine, and I get to to share this with the other women. And then you know, and then they pay me to share that with them. This is just like the most awesome thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's in terms of my energy, I'm always on a, a sort of energy high after I've facilitated a circle. And I see that in the other women as well. I see the the change in state. So the one of the ladies, uh, the last circle that we held was on Friday, just gone. And one of the ladies said to me, you know, just in that period of a few hours, the change in how I arrived at circle and how I felt when I when we finished the circle is just amazing. What you do is amazing. And so obviously that feeds my energy as well, like seeing that change in state of, of other women. Yeah. So when you think of energy, what comes to mind? Like cells <laughs> on a molecular level. So for me, and like energy is life. That's what life is. Everything is energy. You know, we are energy, plants are energy. That Everything is made up of energy. That's all anything is. It makes me laugh sometimes because when I 
talk about my work with more conservative people, let's say. Uh, often when you when you talk about you know energy, or I work with energy or energy workers or energy healers, um, people are a bit like, oh, you know, it's all it's a bit, it's not very um concrete or you know it's not very it's not empirical but actually it really is it's about the most empirical thing that you can get it's it's physics like it's the law of physics everything is energy so that's what yeah that's what comes up for me when I think of energy and then ultimately it's the energy is what allows me to do all the things I want to do or what prevents me from doing the things I want to do Mm, that's great okay so then going from here into your ener- the energy that you're in touch with and connect with and help others connect with in themselves. Now, if we travel back to the you that was depleted, right? Yeah. And we could speak directly to people who might be in those moments in their life, right? Where they're in that depletion, they're in that burnout. They do not see really a way out of the depletion anytime soon, right? That might even not even be something they feel is feasible right now. What do you long, what message is it that you would most long to give those people that you might've most longed to have received back then? The first thing that I would really say is that it is real. It is real and it's valid because um, certainly what I experienced as as an accountant working in finance, when I was going through burnout, <laughs> many of the symptoms are not tangible. So, you know, you can go, I had, I was tired. I was exhausted, right? Are we all exhausted in this day and age? Um, I felt stressed. Okay, I worked in corporate. Everybody feels stressed. I had muscle uh, tension and aches and sort of pain in my body okay but you work in long days at a computer so you probably you know your posture is probably not that great I'm not sleeping very well okay because it's linked to stress all these symptoms they don't seem that tangible you know when you when you break your arm and you go to the doctor and you say I broke my arm you can see that the arm is broken when you're going through burnout it's not <laughs> you can't see it and People who do suffer from burnout tend to be high performers, high achievers, perfectionists, and they don't want to let people down and they don't want to be seen as though, you know, they're not, they're not up to it or they're making stuff up essentially. Because the other thing is that burnout, certainly in the French culture, I don't know how it is in the American culture, but it seems to be one of those things that is branded about a lot nowadays. It's sort of, oh, I'm going through this burnout. And although I agree there's a spectrum of burnout, I think sometimes that can be abused. So people who are going through burnout uh, can really feel like, I can't say that I'm going through burnout because, you know, of, of all this that's going on. So my first message would be that, you know, it, it is real. Trust your instinct. Trust your gut. Uh, don't be ashamed of it. Um, it's validated and, and get help. Like that is the first thing. Really reach out for help. And my second message would be, you're not, so you're not alone. <laughs> there's a lot of people um, who experience this. It's, it's not just you. There's nothing wrong with you. There's a whole lot of things wrong with the system, but you know, you're not alone and you will get through this. There is, you, there's a way for you to get through this and you can get through this. And my third message, which is hard probably to hear when you're in the midst of it, 
And I'm not sure how gratefully I would have received this back then. But I would say this is truly a gift. This is a gift. Because when people burn out, things have gotten so bad that something must change. Ready to strengthen your self-care practice? I have a free guide for you to help you identify the areas in your life where you need the most replenishment and learn the next steps you can take to feel more relaxed and restored. To get the guide, go to www.thecalminggroundforward/opt-in. The link is in the show notes so that you can live the ease-filled life you dream of. Yeah, I really appreciate that. I oftentimes think of crisis, like a crisis as so horrible in the moment. So, ah, it's just uncomfortable and overwhelming and awful. And it can feel like everything's upside down and crashing down and all of that. And yet that is the most fertile time for transformation. (laughs) And it's so messy and it feels so rough. And yet there's so much possibility because when things aren't that not that I would want everybody in crisis, right? I don't want to be in crisis all the time. That would be terrible. And things are kicked up in such a way in that state that when we're not at that point, that burnout point, that crisis point, you know, that threshold, there's just, it's, it's harder to shift things around. It's harder to, as things aren't kicked up as, as much. Is that what you're, is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's right. That's exactly it. This, and I resonate so much with that. I feel like, you know, I could have coasted through my life in corporate finance in this sort of stressed out, maybe a little less stressed, the higher up I got, who knows, um, state, being comfortable with life because, you know, it's a decent job. It was a great salary. You know, I could have just coasted along being comfortable. But is that really what life is about? (laughs) Not for me. And if it hadn't been for the burnout, then maybe it would, well, maybe I wouldn't have got there at all. Maybe it would have taken me a lot longer to realize, you know, what I truly want in my life. I also, the other thing that's coming up for me as I hear you has to do with the the sense of burnout actually is a healthy response. You know, the sign that your energy is low and your body is, your your whole self, your whole being is responding, right? Yeah. To an unhealthy situation, an unhealthy circumstance. Yeah. Okay. So I've just really, I'm appreciating what you're saying. Go ahead. So, well, I just was reminded, um, this is really interesting because I am somebody who takes quite a natural approach. Um, So in terms of uh, my health, in terms of medication, I don't really like taking medicine if I can help it. I'm not saying that nobody should take medicine. Obviously there's a, there's a place and you should seek correct medical advice. But there was a time in my burnout where um, the doctors wanted to put me on antidepressants and I didn't want to go on antidepressants because, well, because I was not depressed. (laughs) Um, And I was referred to the equivalent of occupational health in France, uh, which is like the, the works doctor. And she said to me, you know, you need to be taking medication and I was like well what medication is it that you want me to take and she said antidepressants I was like but I'm not depressed what I am is exhausted I like I'm burnt out my body is just is I'm just depleted when I'm not depressed and she said to me 
if you're not taking medication, you're not ill. What did that mean to you? That if I didn't want to treat myself, that, I, that there was nothing wrong with me. That I was that you should just keep going as it was? Yeah. But also I feel like from my holistic point of view, now with the with retrospect, I feel like no, I don't want to <laughs> brandish all the medics. I know some really great doctors. My GP is fantastic. But I do feel that there's this tendency to, you don't feel great, have a pill. You don't feel great, have this medication. You, there's something not right, like you, you're not feeling okay, have this, have this, have this. And it's a plaster. It's not treating the, the root cause, it's just treating the symptoms. And And that's, yeah, that's kind of what that highlighted to me as well. It's like, well, you're not feeling great, you need to be taking medication. That's actually not going to do anything. The medication is not going to do anything. Let's look at what what the cause of this problem is. Yeah. And, and the other thing that I'll just add, sorry. To no, it's great. Is that I felt in quite a precarious situation back then because when you're burnt out, your cognitive ability is impacted. And I was like, okay, this woman is telling me this. She's not asking the right questions. But I don't want to push it too far because my cognitive ability is supposed to be impaired. So I don't want to, I don't want them to think that I'm making this up by, you know, being able to, being able to be coherent, essentially. <laughs> and and it's, it's, it, it was a really difficult situation. And I've, I've heard that from other people who have had shared experiences as well. It's quite tricky. You know, you, you do struggle cognitively. And it's hard. It's hard to to put your case forward and to be an advocate for yourself when when you're encountering situations like that and still maintain that, you know, you are ill. I think that's a great point. And I'm curious. So you're getting this feedback from this doctor in occupational and mm. in, in, in occupational health space. And what helped you shift then? So you decided not to take that medication. Is that right? Uh, that is correct. <laughs> okay. So then what? So, and, she, and this person is telling you, if you aren't needing meds, then you are fine. Go back. I mean, essentially go back and continue life as is. Right. Mm. So what then created the shift? How did you, what happened next? Wow. <laughs> um, I think that's an unanswerable question because I don't think there is one thing, you know, when you, when you go through a burnout, I don't think there's even one thing that's the cause of the burnout. Actually, I think, you know, there's, there's, it's an accumulation of a lot of different things. The one biggest thing that um, that changed throughout the course of my journey, and and that's what I work with now, is really mindset. You know, without a shift in the in the mindset, nothing could have happened really. But it, that wasn't a thing. You know, it's not a right. I'm going to change my mindset, and then you go to bed, and then you wake up and you change it. It's a it's something that takes a long time and it's actually it's a, it's a lifetime's work it's still in pro, in process in progress so I wouldn't be able to say you know it was that that shift in in the mindset and it happened at that time I can't provide that information <laughs> yes okay and it sounds so it sounds like it was a series of steps from there that got you into the circle then moving into more of a a different kind of healing space yeah so what I do in my work as a coach um, is a, a little bit different from what I do in my work in the circle. So I, I, I pull on elements of my coaching in the circle to 
plant the seeds in the minds of the of the women who are participating. But in that space, I'm really not coaching because it's a self-discovery journey. Well, coaching is as well, but it's really, it's about everybody being in their own experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I facilitate that experience. Whereas with, with the coaching, it is much more active. It's, you know, I'm going to ask you the questions to draw out the answers that you already have within you to help you make those changes that are the best for you. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's a great segue to my next question. So what do you notice in your work that particularly helps people connect with the answers within them or their vitality, maybe both? And is there any story that you have that you would feel comfortable sharing that could illustrate that? Okay. So I have, I love food. (laughs) I have a particular interest. I'm a bit of an Epicurean. And um, like, yeah, I just love food. So, and I really believe that the old saying, you are what you eat. So, I mean, I'm not a dietitian, I'm not a nutritionist, but I do have um, a really extensive knowledge (laughs) around food and um, sort of nutritional properties and medicinal properties. And that is like, it's just a passion of mine, it's a real interest. So the first thing I would say really is around food and how and how you're physically fueling your body. And especially it's hard when you're in the midst of burnout. I mean, I was working in corporate, I was working on away jobs a lot. So I might not necessarily have control over what I was eating. I was eating in restaurants almost every night. Um, And when you're tired, right, you just want to grab the nearest thing. You don't necessarily have the energy to to put into thinking about what might be nutritious um, or what's going to fuel you the best. But ultimately, um, with all the will in the world, if your energy is low, you're not going to be able to get optimal energy with <laughs> the mindset shifts, all the other things, if you're, if what you're putting into your body is depleting that energy on a daily basis. Yeah. So that's the first thing that I would say. The second thing that I would say is really about the disconnect between mind and body or mind and heart. And this was something that I realized quite early on in my journey. That I just had this massive disconnect. Like I was so analytical, rational, thinking up in my head, you know, all of that going around, worrying around. I realized that I didn't know how, what I felt. I didn't know what I felt. I, I didn't feel. I didn't have feelings back then in the burnout stage. And when, you know, the, the the medics were asking me, my GP was like, you know, you need to do something that you enjoy doing, you know, you're, you're writing you off work. What what can you do that you enjoy? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I enjoy. Like, I, don't, I, I have totally lost touch with myself. And so that was really a, a long, long journey of getting back in touch with, myself and my body what I'd like to share is that it's quite funny because it got to a stage where I was like okay now I know what I'm feeling so I can talk about you know I'm scared I'm feeling fear um or I'm feeling angry I'm feeling cross or sad or whatever the emotion might be as I got deeper into my journeys as I said before it's a never-ending process what I've realized more recently in my work with the body and breath work 
is that even though I thought, right, I've nailed this feeling now, like I know this, I'm feeling angry. I think actually as soon as we try to verbalize that, we're back in our head because we put language on it. Um, so it's like, I'm feeling angry. Or you're thinking about the situation, like this person did this. So logically I should be angry. So I'm feeling angry. Okay. So I'm, I'm feeling angry. That's what I'm saying. But what is that feeling? Where are you feeling it in the body? Like what is the sensation? Because that's the real connection to self. And I realized this, this, this particular thing about fear when I was having um, a Reiki session, I was having a healing Reiki session and something came up for me in the stuff that had happened through the burnout and in the past. And I had this, just this like sensation in the pit of my stomach, this sort of heavy, heavy sensation and um, constriction. And then it started sort of moving up to my chest and I could, I started to feel anxious and I was like, what's going on? And I realized that this was the exact same feeling that I had at the end of uh, my corporate days, just before I got written off work. I was like, this is how I felt when I was in the toilet at that time. And, you know, and I couldn't, and I was melting down. And what I realized was that is fear. That, that is how I experience fear in my body. That is the sensation of fear. Saying I feel fear, that's not, that wasn't it. <laughs> and so I think there's layers of this mind-body connection. But really, ultimately, when you're feeling burnout, it's because there's something in your life that is misaligned, that is not, um, it's not aligned with your true self. And the only way to come back into alignment is to come back to yourself. And the way to do that is to get back to your body. Great. Okay. So are there steps that you might recommend for somebody who might be listening and interested, but not really sure how to start? What would you recommend? In terms of the mind-body connection? Yes. Yeah. In terms of the mind-body connection, in terms of reconnecting with their energy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So... One thing that's really easy and that most people, regardless of where they are on their journey, can do is just really short check in with yourself. And when you have been in crisis and you're, you know, you're a bit lost, you're unsure really of who you are and what you're doing. There's no point in doing these check-ins with with big decisions or um, you know, complicated things. So start with things like. Uh, when you're making a cup of tea, for example, checking in with yourself. Do I want this cup of tea? Like, yes or no? What What's the gut reaction? Um, or do I want this flavor cup of tea? Yes, no. One thing that I used to help me do this was uh-huh or uh-uh response. I don't know if you, <laughs> you use this. So, but, so you can ask yourself the question in your head or you can get somebody else to ask you the question. You just let your your body really respond with uh uh-huh or uh and it's an instinctive it's like it's a rapid fire thing so you're not you're trying to disengage your brain and the more that you do this throughout the day so it might be like do I want to go to sleep right now Uh okay um am I hungry right now Uh okay just these little things with with small things that are kind of inconsequential the more you build that muscle of being in in contact with yourself 
there's another thing that I use as well, but again, depending on where you where upon in your journey you are, which is a a body swaying technique. So it's the same thing; it's just a different method. If you're standing up, there's lots of different ways that you can test muscles, but uh, this one is just a full body response. So if you're standing up, you can ask your body a question um, and start with something that you already know the answer to. So is my name Jessica? Am I married? Do I have children? And your body normally instinctively sways. uh, It's normally forward or back. Um, And so you'll see what the response is to your, um, the, the response, your yes response and your no response that your body is giving you and you'll know. Well, that is sometimes it can be in bit, and then you can use that same method to ask other questions, like the cup of tea, or like you know, does this decision feel right for me? If your body moves forward, you know it's a yes. It's moving backwards, you know that it's a no. That's interesting. And so, what I'm also appreciating about this is that there is that pausing piece to it. Like in order to do the check-in that you're describing, and either the uh-huh, uh-huh check-in or the body sway. Mm-hmm. There's, there is a, there is a, there's a pause, right? So it it works. It sounds like it works both the slow down and pause and the checking in and then the body, just noticing what's coming up in your being and your body. Is that Mm. right? Yeah. And and this is where it's really difficult for people. Well, it's difficult for most people because we live in this world where it's go, 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 do, do, do. You're only as good as what you can achieve and, you know, never stop, never stop. Do, do, do. But especially if you're in a burnt out state, uh, you've been in that sort of overworking, overwhelmed, you know, you can't, you're spinning, you're wired and you can't stop. So it is really difficult. I mean, I remember I was like, I don't have time. Like, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time. There's no time for meditation. There's no time for any of this stuff. But if you don't make the time, <laughs> nothing will change. And I think this is so key. I, I So many of the people that I talk to and um, in my membership, the women that I speak with talk about the time piece as a, just such a barrier. And I love that emphasis on, we get to create the time. I mean, feel like it's impossible and it doesn't take a whole lot to do that check-in that you're describing. It doesn't take a whole lot of time. And another thing as well that I, that I use a lot is Louise Hay's work. So she has a book that kind of links different ailments in the body, different physical ailments to different emotional blockages. These might resonate more or less with different people. So it's not um, a sort of hard and fast rule, but I do think that um, learning to look at physical ailments as messages from the body. So I had, when I was working in corporate, I had a really bad left shoulder that just used to be painful all the time. And there was nothing, nothing that could get rid of the pain in my shoulder. And yeah, so another tool would be to ask yourself, like, if your body were giving you a message, what would that message be through through this pain? What is it communicating to you? It's great, great suggestions and steps and really accessible steps. Um, I'm wondering different question here when do you feel most at peace I feel most at peace when I'm on my own Mm. (laughs) what I've discovered through this is that I'm actually a very solitary person and I need a lot of um space and time by myself in order to feel recharged and replenished 
So as the mother of a four-year-old, that can be quite tricky sometimes. Um, but definitely that is something that I have identified for me. The other thing is really just in nature. I really feel, you know, I feel recharged um, and grounded the more time that I spend outdoors and, and, and in nature. Mm. Yeah. Yes, me too. I can completely resonate with that. Okay. Are there any closing thoughts you have? Anything that you would just maybe that's bubbling up in you that you'd want to share with listeners or I don't know, anything coming up? I think I think we've done a good a good tour, but I I think I would just really like to highlight the piece about the misalignment. Mm-hmm. Um, so my key message to take away from today, if you only take one thing, mm-hmm. is that where where there is burnout, where there is overwhelm, where there is stress, it's an indicator that there's something that is misaligned in your life. And if you want to move through the burnout, you need to find out what that misalignment piece is and, and rectify that. Can I ask another follow-up question? Yeah, Yeah. is there any example you might give for somebody who might need a little more clarification around what might a misalignment be? Yeah, so when I was working in corporate, for example, the ethics involved in the job were misaligned with my personal values. I there were things that were going on that I was not okay with. Um, My professional conscience was not okay with. And ultimately, like beyond that, I realized that I need to feel purpose in what I'm doing in my life. Um, And I didn't feel purpose in that job. So that was my personal experience. It might be, for example, a relationship issue. So, you know, you might be really low on energy and you're eating all the right things, you're moving. From the outside, your life looks great. You might have a really good job. Your finances are okay. Maybe you're in a relationship that, although seems okay, isn't actually what you need or it isn't actually what is nourishing you. That is going to start to deplete your energy. Yeah, those are two examples. Thank you. And amen to that. I completely agree. I feel Mm -hmm. that it's interesting. I was just recently thinking about how values if if there's a misalignment in values, like how we're spending our time and our energy and what we're focusing on and where our values are, there can be such a depletion of energy. It can be exhausting. But, and, and relationships and just, yeah, absolutely anything. Like not getting outside enough. That is another one that Mm -hmm. comes up for me when I don't get outside enough. I feel a misalignment. And I think, can I just add one thing as well? Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I, I really feel that we are all so unique. Everybody is so unique, so individual. And the things that light up one person don't light up another. Uh, you know, whatever makes me really passionate is not necessarily what makes somebody else really passionate. And those skills and those gifts, I think, are part of what makes the world such an amazing, beautiful place. And if you're not aligned, then it's because you're not doing what lights you up. You're not using those gifts. You're not using those unique um, attributes that are yours, but they're yours and they're yours to share with the world. So when you're not using them and you're out of alignment, 
not only is it impacting you and your energy, but it's impacting the collective energy. It's impacting the, the global energy because you're not bringing that forth into the world. You're not birthing those gifts and, and those things that are unique to you. Yes. And I even think just as you're talking, I think about your need for solitude and how the balance of, I want to offer this this energy or this guidance out here with people. And I need to balance my solitude in order to be able mm-hmm. to offer that that gift too. So that, yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for everything that you've shared today. You're it- welcome. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share. Absolutely. And I'm sure there'll be ways for us to connect again in different ways. And I just, I really appreciate your wisdom and your presence and the the messages that you bring that so many of us need to hear. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening today. Subscribe to not miss another episode. And please share this podcast with a friend you think might benefit. I'd love to remind as many people as possible that they too can have the peace, calm, and rejuvenation that a little self-love and care can bring. And lastly, I'd love if you would leave me a review and let me know how I'm doing. See you next week.